You are listening to the John DePietro Show on 99.9 FM and 1380 AM. News Talk WNRI. Well, folks, good afternoon. Right now at 12.06, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This is our noon report on this Tuesday, final day of January. Good afternoon to everyone watching our live simulcast. On the Facebook page, John DePietro Show, share that you are watching. Make sure you click the like button every single day. I am asked, Juan, how come I don't get notified when you when you go live? Well, most of the time, granted there are glitches in the in the app, but most of the time it's because they have not either A subscribed to the page, 99 cents a month for unique content. The on-the-scene live stream, as we were yesterday. Now, I apologize. I had a decision to make yesterday because we had murder in Woodsocket and murder in Providence at the same time. And then I had another commitment. I had to two murders at the same time. It just happened. So, in hindsight, maybe should have gone Providence. But anyhow, but anyhow, can't be everywhere, uh, as we know. And I will talk about both, as a matter of fact. And there's a larger issue that's taking place right now <coughs> on this Tuesday and the largest story about the cartel, uh, cartel situation in Providence that I believe is not being fully examined. I fully get the entire focus is on the assistant principal who was then put out a soliciting email. Hey, we need to raise money for this 18-year-old student from Guatemala. He owes it to, I mean, I've heard the term coyote for quite a long time. That is the, it's like a tour guide. It's the guy, right? It's it's like the third world equivalent of, I know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy that can get you over the border. And sometimes, sometimes they work out a payment plan, half up front, half once you reach your destination. But if you don't pay, there's a lot of problems. So I, I fully get um, <clears> that that is what strikes people. But there's a much larger issue at play here for anyone that thinks that these are, in fact, that this is the only student that owes money to a drug cartel in Mexico. It's not. It's a huge business. I think that's five grand for one person. So family of four, that's 20 grand. And then you wonder. But I, I'm going to touch on all of that. But folks, as we kicked off the noon report on this Tuesday afternoon, final day of January. This portion of the program is brought to you by Propane Plus. Now remember, if you use propane, call Propane Plus today, 401-885-4209. Heating and cooling in Massachusetts, call 508-252-3359 for Propane Plus. Three generations, they're available 24-7. It's Propane Plus, and they have a very user-friendly website online at propaneplus.com. You just type in your zip code, residential or commercial. Again, if you're listening right now at 12.09 on this Tuesday, and you're saying, you know, actually, my business, I do use a lot of propane, or my home, I use a lot of propane. I implore you, I request, I'm asking you to contact my friends at Propane Plus, because they are the type of people you want to do business with. 
885-4209 in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. Now, if you visit the website to Petro.com, I'm going to walk through some of it. I do have a posting about the cartels of Providence. That's really the issue here. It's not about uh, going after this assistant principal at, at Mount Pleasant. Listen, fair game. I totally get that. But there's a much larger problem at stake here. And then, and I'm going to touch on that. But visit the website, dipetro.com. Brought to you by the Coincident. Two, <coughs> 226 Coincident Avenue, West Warwick. Lunch, dinner, drinks, and lounge. Biggest bar in Rhode Island. They're waiting for you at the Coincident. And I always enjoy getting email from people saying, we got takeout there. We went for lunch, their dinner. Juan, thank you. Very, very enjoyable. All right, there's two things that I want to bring your attention to regarding this whole cartel situation. Now, you know what's interesting is about two weeks ago, and, and just stay with me, it's not complicated, but I recognize that people either tune in and out on the radio or they're watching you know, the, the noon report live on Facebook, and then they leave the room for a minute, come back, and a lot of times, you know, what, what, what happened, what happened? But two weeks ago, and I did address this, that someone contacted me saying there was some connection to the body that was found Carbuncle Pond in Coventry. That was before Christmas. The state police have never issued an official statement, press release, nothing. Now, just to give you an idea of how they operate, last night, there was a, yesterday afternoon, sadly, a 70-year-old man happened to be apparently killed in Woonsocket. Chief Tom Oates was communicating, uh, communicating with the media last night. As to some of the details, it's a domestic. I believe two of the daughters are being questioned. So look at that. Now, yesterday afternoon, there was a, a woman killed in Providence at one o'clock. I can't attend, but David Major David LePayton is holding a press. But on scene, on scene, Acting Chief Oscar Perez gave a very brief but an update to the media. Here's what we know so far. I want to conversely now. Carbuncle Pond in Coventry. I was unfamiliar with it. It's way out. Right near the Connecticut line. Before Christmas, a woman's body was found there. To date, the Rhode Island State Police have not issued a press release, have not issued a statement, have it won't go on camera with anyone. It has led to wide speculation of some kind of a a cover-up within the Rhode Island State Police? Nothing. And, and, and the, the thing that I want to point out to you is, conversely, look at how two just city departments, Winsocket and Providence, handle when they have a homicide compared to your Rhode Island State Police. And then I always like to throw in the mix, Cranston PD Live. I mean, you can't be any more transparent than Cranston, where I am literally in real time live riding along with them. And by the way, the next episode is this Thursday night. But I'll talk about that more tomorrow and the Thursday. But Cranston PD Live comes your way Thursday night, episode 13. But stay with me. Two weeks ago, someone told me that they believed that somehow the body found in the pond in Coventry was somehow related, and it was some form of a cartel execution. I I kid you not, 
I didn't even go with it because it seemed like, what? Like, wow, this is, what is this, Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad or, you know, you watch on Netflix, Narcos? I mean, it seemed like so over the top. Now, you know, we learn just how extensive the cartel problem, cartel situation in Providence is. And it's very extensive. And I have been reporting on this for, it's really been an uptick the past year and a half. You know, you can really, and look at what Governor McKee is doing today. He wants to push more of a weapon ban in Rhode Island on legal gun owners. I mean, I'm telling you folks, between him and Matos, you start to wonder, like, is there some connection? I mean, the amount of crime under Governor McKee, (laughs) the crime in Rhode Island has skyrocketed under this guy. I I still, I I just want to, I don't want to digress here too much, but I I still can't believe he's the governor. Like out of one million people, I refuse to believe he's the best possible person for the job. We, We know he wasn't even supposed to win. It was supposed to be Helena Folks. But McKee and the unions pulled a fast one with the mail, the mail ballots. They're not even by mail, <clears throat> with the ballot harvesting. So as we speak right now, they're having a prayer. He wants to take more, away more guns from illegal gun owners. Listen, I don't want to say is he somehow on the take for the cartel, but at this point, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not ready to rule out anything because it's so extreme. What we do know. You know, he there's definitely been an uptick in cartel violence, and and they're keeping it on the down low. But I want to go back to Carbuncle Pond. So now I had that person that told me that they thought that she was brought there and was executed by the cartel. I, I don't know what to believe at this point, I, other than I'm not ruling it out. Now you check out DePetro.com, the cartels of Providence. So this was uh, posted last night, <clears throat> and there they are laughing, right? The two M's, McKee and Matos. It's very interesting he picked her as his lieutenant governor as the cartels are getting more of a foothold into Rhode Island. You can't ignore, I don't care what anyone says, you can't ignore the driver's license aspect where he makes us the magnet in New England to get more people in here, meaning Governor McKee. But let me just finish up on Carbuncle Pond. I'll say that I don't know what to make of that story other than we're about to enter February now. It's been over a month that the body we have found that or learned it was the body of a woman. It was a homicide was found in Carbuncle Pond in Coventry. I I don't have an explanation on why. and, And from what I understand, this falls under the Rhode Island State Police. It's not a Coventry situation. Not that Coventry is the most forthcoming police organization, don't get me wrong, but I'm still waiting for documents with the Nikki's Lounge situation. I'll tell you, these people, but the the state police, you know, the head of the state police, he actually issued a statement on what happened in Memphis. With the, I, I mean, I don't, with the Tyree Nichols situation, like, so you're issuing a statement on, on something that happened in Memphis early in January. We, we have no connection to, we have no control over. But you're silent and you have nothing to say 
about a body of a young woman who was executed, found in a pond in Coventry. It's just bizarre. Unless someone doesn't want word to leak out that there was a cartel execution. I had heard, I don't know what to make of that. There could be a member of the Rhode Island State Police listening right now. I know they do listen. Who could be laughing, saying, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, you guys haven't said a word. And the same thing. I also heard, what am I to believe? That somehow, stay with me on the Carbuncle Pond thing for a moment, that possibly it had to do with a police, a state police informant. And as a result of that, they were not, I don't know, they're just being very tight-lipped. But we do know, here's what we do know, a body of a young woman, well, I don't know young, but a woman was found. Carbuncle Pond in Coventry. And the Rhode Island State Police have not issued one statement. As many of you know, I was live on the scene, the on the scene live stream. We were right there. Not only, and this is not like they're not talking to me. They wouldn't talk to Channel 10. They wouldn't talk to Channel 12. They wouldn't talk to the to Channel 6. They're not talking to anybody. It's just so out of the norm. Murder in Providence, boom, on the scene, the acting chief gives a quick, here's what we know. Murder in Woodsocket, boom, chief votes right away. Here's what we know. Coming up at one o'clock, Major David LePayton, Providence, boom, here's the latest on the homicide in Providence. State police, homicide, execution, Carbuncle Pond in Coventry, silence. I still like the trooper. How can you prove there was a body in that? Because we already know that a fisherman, <clears throat> Lieutenant Kendrick, we already know that a fisherman is the one that found the body, contacted DM, DEM, contacted Coventry Police, and then contacted the Rhode Island State Police. I've been talking to different members of law enforcement. Again, I, 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 no one can come up with a reason why that the Rhode Island State Police would not even acknowledge they found it. But anyhow, getting back to this business with the cartel violence. Now, those of you that watch when we go out live on the scene of different shootings, over the past year and a half, there's definitely been an uptick with people that shoot up a house. <clears throat> Obviously shooting different individuals, but they shoot up a house. Shooting up a house is normally you're sending a message. And for a year now, I've been out there, and you know, you diff- different people and sources, you encounter different people by being out there. I always say that. One of the reasons is I go direct to the source. If I just follow what Channel 10 is saying, then I know nothing more than anyone else reads the Channel 10 report. When you go to the scene is when you find things out. When you go live, when, you go, when you're the on-the-scene live stream, you really find out. <clears throat> and I've been telling you. There's this uptick and some of the different gang members from other countries found in Providence. And, and, and to me, you can't just separate, you know, again, they're, they're blaming that assistant principal. I, I'm not at this McKee dog and pony show. Well, once again, he's saying he wants to take away weapons from law-abiding gun owners of Rhode Island. It's so bizarre. But I, I don't hold out much hope that any of the media there will even ask him about this situation with the cartel threatening a student at Mount Pleasant. And I want you to just think about this for a moment. When you have, when Governor McKee, Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, best friends with Pork Boy, by the way, and his little lackey Matos, when you have now set up a situation 
where high school students in Rhode Island are being threatened, death threats, by vicious cartel members who kill at the drop of a hat, who are demanding payment for human trafficking. He helped create that. Now, where does Governor McKee stand with this? Well, last fall, not this past fall, last fall, fall of, it was October of 21, I covered and followed those protesters outside his home in Cumberland. He, he, he had the state police arrest people that were saying the rosary because he didn't want them on his street. What does he do? He just beefs up his security detail instead of just two troopers with him. He's like, oh, is there cartel violence in Rhode Island? All right, I'll have four troopers with me. He does talk about, doesn't care. But this is the situation. Now, keep in mind, this kid at Mount Pleasant, you have a high school student in Providence threatening that they'll go into the high school and start taking people out if they don't get their money. That, that is not a situation created by the student. To me, that is a situation created by the elected officials who have allowed these people to come in. You know what else that no one else talks about? And I, I wrote about it. You can read about it on the website, DePetro.com. How about if you notice, as I do, now I follow police logs literally seven days a week. In the past year, it's not your imagination. There's been an uptick that a lot of times, I'll give them credit, it's state police, but they're pulling these people over. And there's three guys Right. A lot of times, you know, they pulled someone over on in 95 and they're from New York or, or other countries. And, and and let's just stop for a minute. You know, it's and it's random. It's like it's a, a Tuesday night at 1230 or one o'clock in the morning. Rhode Island State Police pulled over. Whatever, Lincoln Navigator, 95 South, and inside are three very dangerous criminals from New York. And, and, and you, you just wonder, like, what are they doing in Rhode Island? And as someone that I watched every episode of Breaking Bad, I did. I think it's one of the best television shows of all time. I watched every episode of Better Call Saul. Not as good, but still very good. I've watched every episode of Narcos uh, on Netflix. I... Listen, I think part of that world is fascinating. Same thing with uh, El Chapo. But that's the type of stuff that you do see happen. Like, what are they doing here? What do you think? They're just driving down to go to Twin River? I'll tell you, at some point over the next four years, people are going to realize what a dangerous situation Putting someone like Dan McKee, he is so far in over his head, putting someone like that in charge of the state and the danger that he puts us in. At some point, and I'm telling you right now, you mark my words, at some point in the near future, there's going to be a very violent incident. These are dangerous people. You're either going to have local law enforcement, they pull off the road to get gas, And you have a wanted fugitive in that car and a local police officer 
you know, goes to check to say, hey, you went through that stop sign, you went through that red light, and boom, the cartel member says, I'm not going back. I'm not going to get deported. I'm not going to jail. And they're going to open fire. Or or they're going to cross paths with a rival gang or cartel. And suddenly now you have a shootout. Governor McKee has just, the guy is just so beyond reckless. And just so another element that no one talks about, and I actually, I posted it on Facebook. <clears throat> Let me just check that. Uh, <laughs> unreal. Let me just finish this. Um I posted this, and it was last May, and so sometimes I do a, like a flashback. But it, it really, we learned a lot when the census came out. <clears throat> and you go to dipetro.com, census bombshell, 60,000 illegals living in Providence, enough to fill Gillette Stadium. Now, <clears throat> people like Senator Mack and Pork Boy and others, they criticize the chosen one. Hi, you're, where are you coming up with that? In, on the census data that I have posted right there for all to see. This is from the census. It's their data. <clears throat> and you, you skim through it. And this was in 2016, 30% of the population of Providence, foreign born. That was in 2016. We're in 2023. That was seven years ago. Now, that's foreign born. That doesn't mean that the illegals come here and have children. So this is, in, on the census, 2016, 30% population of Providence, foreign born. Over 54,000 people seven years ago. Plus, when they have a child, now... You know, they, they have technically born here, but their parents are illegal. So when you start to look at the Providence has a population of approximately like 180,000 people, you're, you're talking about 60%, 60, over 60,000. You could fill Gillette Stadium. Think about that, where the Patriots play. You could fill that with all the illegals. That's just in Providence. So stay with me. That doesn't include Central Falls. Now, according to the census, I believe it was 60 to 70% of the population of Central Falls are illegals. Somewhere in that number. Now, the Central Falls has a population of 20,000. 20,000. So um, 10,000. Let's just take the 10,000. Now, Pawtucket. Pawtucket. I, I'm willing to bet. And according to Pawtucket police, there's at least 10,000 illegals, maybe more, living in Pawtucket. So now you start to get into the area, you know, north of 80,000. Now, you also have illegals living in Woodsocket. I'm even willing to believe Pawtucket could be even a little bit higher than that. You also have illegals living in Newport Middletown. Uh, Granted, because they're working in the restaurant industry and the hotels down there. And then you have West Warwick actually has illegals. So Rhode Island is very close to, if it hasn't already exceeded 10% of the population, 8 to 10% of the population are now illegals in the state. 
And with Governor McKee saying, I will give you driver's license. We're going to give all these things available to you, right? Go to the schools for free, uh, economic aid, uh, free, you know, housing dividends and blah, blah, blah. He, he, he is really creating, I believe, a very dangerous atmosphere. But just in case someone says to you, there's no way there's that many, I, I have it right there. As far as, and this is, they would tend to, the census people would want to go on the conservative side. And in their own listing, they have 54,000 people foreign born in 2016. You have the progressive advocates that try to tell you there are plenty of people. They're born in Rhode Island, two Rhode Islanders. And they never learn English. They speak Spanish at home. And they've just never, that is absolutely impossible. Because you can't get a high school diploma in Rhode Island unless you speak English. Actually, as I think of it, though, there was a woman who was an illegal that complained about the Providence School, said her son came here. And I think when he was 14, they put him at Hope High School or maybe Central, maybe Mount Pleasant, one of the Providence high schools. Um, and for four years, he attended school in Providence. He got his diploma. And when he graduated, he still couldn't speak English. <laughs> so here's a woman like, hey, I want to complain about the Providence schools. I'm an illegal. I came here. Now, keep in mind, they don't pay property tax. Sends the kid to school there for free. He gets a diploma. Congratulations, Good luck in the world. And he still can't. She was complaining. Like, what is this? He he still can't speak English. Like, that's how bad it is. So, but the the cartel violence, folks, to me, that's the real story. And I'll admit that over the past two years, as many of you have seen, one after dark, and I'm out there in some pretty, um, uh, you know, Tricky situations a little bit, less less than desirable neighborhoods. Um, I have heard from people, and I've mentioned it sometimes, and people were very skeptical of it. But a prop, this now it can't be ignored. When you have the cartel, the vicious cartels. Keep in mind, President Trump said they should be designated uh, a terrorist group, which they should be. Which would then allow us to really take action against them. But when you have them threatening high school, a high school student, do you think they're going to discern? Do you think the <clears throat> the drug cartel and their hitmen are going to go to Mount Pleasant and just say, oh, we, we got to find, you know, whoever it is, Emilio. <clears throat> you don't think they're just going to like spray? There's always mistakes when these things go wrong. Right. There are many times where people are going to do like a home invasion and they hit the wrong apartment. They hit the wrong house. It happens all the time. And and many times when you well, whatever, people confuse all different things. It's on your left. It's on your right. They're inside the house and they're like, yeah, it's the one on the left. And then the person's going in. They're thinking their left, the person means their left. So there's all kinds of different confusions. But 
But that's how I, this is how serious it's gotten. Now, folks, at 1233, there's also a good piece about it that I, I want to um, bring to light. This portion of the John DePietro Show, I want to offer you a free consultation. Our guy, Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial. And one of the things he can help you with on this final, excuse me, final uh, day of January, why not take advantage free consultation? to learn about the fact that you want to make sure for long-term care coverage, long-term care coverage, call for free consultation Ameriprise, 401-434-1510. What does that mean? It means a lot of times people don't fully think that they need to be covered when, you know, you, maybe you end up in a nursing home. Maybe someone has dementia. Alzheimer's. You want to make sure you're covered. And Tom Bryan will set that up for you. 401-434-1510. Offices located 400 Massoid Avenue in East Providence. Take advantage, free consultation, and make sure you have long-term care coverage. And, by the way, any financial question. Maybe you're looking to make a, a large purchase. Maybe it's education planning. To our guy, Tom Bryan, call today, free consultation, 401-434-1510. Free. Office is located, 400 Massoid Avenue, East Providence, Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show, listen, it's not your imagination. Unfortunately, because of the elected leaders, and by the way, I want to be very clear that, and I recognize some people just want to blame Lorza. Uh, But Governor McKee, when you say he and Matos, did they improve the situation or make it worse? I would argue they made it even worse. Uh, But it's not past me that you could certainly blame Mayor Alorza of the sanctuary city. And this is one of the side effects when you run a sanctuary city. People that come here from other countries, they bring their problems with them. They bring their debts with them. They bring people that are out to get them right here to Rhode Island. This portion of the program, and check out the website, tobeatjord.com, brought to you by Burke's Martial Arts. I'll tell you, Jake Burke, the guy's a unique individual, self-defense, fitness, martial arts, get yourself in shape, and on top of that, learn to defend yourself. It's also atomic kickboxing. His studios are located 880 Eddy Street in Providence, right off 95. Self-defense, fitness, martial arts, Jake Burke, the link is on the website, dipetro.com. Now, I want to get to, there's a good piece um, that I saw. Sorry for the yums. Let's see. Rhode Island School Under Scrutiny Soliciting Funds for Cartel Human Smuggler. And <clears throat> employees of Rhode Island High School. Now, I get, she's on paid, paid leave, this assistant principal. Stephanie Harvey, who sent out the email. It was also Nicole Salas that really broke this story, our friend Nicole. See the message below, urgent matter. One of our students here at Mount, Mount Pleasant, a student came to America with the coyote. That's like the tour guide from the cartel. Group gives you a time frame, make a payment of 5,000. He needs urgent support to raise 2,000 to meet his goal of 5,000 by this Wednesday, February 1st. Please consider helping. Melania will be around to collect money between 8 and 8.45. So 
Now, this group has furthered the story we have learned that the school guidance counselor, Melania Lopez Vallejaro, says she's a mission preacher. The student is an 18-year-old male from Guatemala. Fear of reprisal. Oh, God. So I recognize, you know, and I also want to just be really clear with people that the union official that said, I've never seen anything like this, and that's unbelievable. Just keep in mind, the only reason she's taking a shot at this assistant principal is because she's not a union member. If this was a teacher, there's no way that they would be throwing her under the bus, exposing who she is, or in any way criticizing her in any way. The only reason why the union went after this assistant principal is in fact because she's not a member of the union. But I believe, as I've said, there's a much larger issue uh, at play here, and it has to do with the cartel violence that goes on in the city. And, uh, you know, in the past, and again, folks, good afternoon at 1239, that to me is the real danger, right? You're seeing an uptick. Donna Perry was so on the money with this Boston Herald story. There's an uptick in violence right now in the Boston Public Schools. And this Mayor Michelle Wu, the mayor of Boston, saying, you know, my priority is blah, blah, blah. Listen, there's no no learning is happening if there isn't safety. And the vicious beatdown that that principal received Donna Perry was right on the money. You, it, it, it's building. It's building. There is going to be an incident. A teacher, a principal, someone that works in the school is going to be killed. And you can already hear it. What is Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee going to say? We, it's gun violence. Listen, Governor, I, I'll, I'll, I'll save you the trouble here. Okay? When, when you have, you have set up a situation that people owe debts to Mexican drug cartels that are getting people into the country. You're the one that is bringing and allowing these people to come in. Okay, When the Mexican cartels, who are in, by the way, they're, they're certainly in the United States. They've been in Chicago for a long time. Um, but a problem is, through the efforts, because of Governor McKee and Matos and people like Mayor Lorza and many of the progressives, as a matter of fact. As a result of that, we've learned they have set up shop now and they are in and out of Rhode Island. So my point is, if the cartels, and there have already been incidents of cartel violence, someone owes money. They're late with it. They shoot up the house. They shoot up a car, whatever it is. Remember, they want the money. If they kill them, they're not going to get the money. Many times, as I've told you, many of the illegals, people are on island. They're hard. Well, if you're that 18-year-old kid from Guatemala at Mount Pleasant and you have two days to come up with two grand, you, you might be inclined to pull, you know, commit an act of crime. In order to come up with the two, you may be inclined to attempt to rob somebody 
in order to try to come up with that money. I, I can't stress enough the, the lackadaisical leadership of this administration. We are in for the, the only thing that could save us would be if, in fact, the FBI pulled the trigger and actually indict Governor McKee. But as I've told you, you know, he is doing everything possible, reaching out to everyone possible. There's got to be a way to, you know, get out of this and blah, blah, blah. That that might be the only way to save us on this whole thing would be over the next four years. And I, by the way, I also recognize that right now it's. 1242. There are people listening saying, hey, Juan, I, I don't go out in Providence. Okay. But as we've learned, it spills into different communities, right? As I, you know, ride around with the uh, Cranston PD Live, and which, by the way, again, the next episode is this Thursday night. But, you know, many times when we're on the border of Cranston, some of the problems come over the border from Providence. Some of the problems um, of Johnston coming to Cranston. Some of the problems of Providence going to Johnston. And then some of the surrounding communities. I also want to say this. As someone that I am very friendly with different members of the Providence police. Where I really think that Governor McKee and Lieutenant Governor Matos. What I believe is so reprehensible is the danger that they are putting Providence police officers in. You know, you are sworn in and trained to be a Providence police officer. They're not equipped or trained, or nor should they have to deal with Mexican drug cartel violence. I mean, that that is another incident. They're, they're supposed to be trained to deal with the residents of Providence. I've been saying this for a while. When I've covered so many different crime scenes in Providence and they have to bring in the translator and who are these people and where are they from? And, you know, yesterday when we were in Silver Lake, even the media was like, oh, listen, to all these chickens we're hearing, the roosters crowing and everything. <laughs> yeah, God, you do think you think you're like in a third world country. Yeah, no, they raise livestock. I've talked about that. Um, <clears throat> and by the, it's, it's not being mean. I don't think that's a fair situation. Someone says, listen, I agreed and I want to be a Providence police officer. I didn't say I want to be a police officer in Mexico City. I'm not signing up to be a police officer in Panama or Guatemala or Nicaragua. It's so unfair and dangerous. You know, the the Providence police, they're forced into a situation. No one speaks English. No one's from here. And then they're being threatened by the cartels. It, it's just, it's, and it's all for one reason. Because Dan McKee, and it matter, one, well, he wanted to be the governor. So he had to make concessions. So he had to bring in Matos as his lieutenant governor. And he would do anything. Like, and, and who knows if, you know, who knows if he's compromised? It, it, it's just such an extraordinary situation that we find ourselves in through poor leadership. I mean, there it is, Governor McKee. I want to say this loud and clear. Rhode Island's already an assault weapons ban. 
You know who's going to have the weapons? The cartels. This guy is a liability at this point. And enough with the stupid orange and red t-shirts. I can't stand these people. Where's the media in all this? Where do you think they are? What a disgrace. You know who's thanking him? Look right on, uh, I'm looking at Twitter. Thank you, Governor, from the Rhode Island Atheists. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that is frightening. There you go. Thanks a lot, Governor. I'll tweet about this coming up during the 1 o'clock news. I mean, is this guy something or is this guy something? And I don't mean in the way the way Vincent says it in the heat. Are you kidding me? Rhode Island's ready. Now, folks, right now at 1247, as someone that... It's not your imagination, all right? As someone who, I mean, I, I do the on-the-scene on live stream. Rhode Island has never been more dangerous. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. Rhode Island's never been more dangerous. And McKee's solution is to take the weapons away from the law-abiding citizens. He, he is, I, I, I don't know what to make of that. I don't want to just go off on... Is it possible he's compromised? I I don't know what to make of it. I mean, we know he's the subject of an FBI probe. He is just tone deaf. None of the shootings are by legal gun owners. I, I can't stress that enough. None of it. Assault weapons ban. You know, you you've had situations that we've we've talked about in the past that the police, do you remember there was the, the famous thing, the guy had the, the guys in L.A. were doing a bank robbery. They, they were in full of body armor. And the L.A. police, they had to go to a, a gun store to get the type of weapons because the type of guns the L.A. police had. Do you remember that? People, they were watching it live through the, from the helicopter in L.A. And they, it looked like a scene out of heat. The police, they'd given the L.A. police the type of bullets that can't penetrate body armor. But the guys that were doing the shootings had the body, you know, they had the type of weapons. If you've ever seen the film Heat, you'll notice it's not your imagination. There's an uptick in violence and, and, and more, you know, gun violence. That's not going to do anything. All he's doing is hurting the legal gun owners. All of these crimes where a handgun is used, none of them are from a legal gun owner. Maya Brophy Behrman, who was killed on Olney Street, Providence, right? August of 21. Do you think the two goon thugs that killed her, do you think they were legal? No, they're not legal gun owners. I mean, there's just going to be more and more of this. The, the only people he's putting in danger... The cartels are arming up. The cartels of Providence are expanding. The cartels of Providence, they're going to start to do more shakedowns. And what's Governor McKee's solution? We need to take weapons away from the citizens. He's putting everyone in danger. 
I mean, I, I know the guy, listen, talk about birds of a feather, right? I know he is the former mayor of Cumberland, and he feels that his card playing with the mother got him into office. All right, I get all of that. And I also recognize that, you know, some of his crew feel I'm not making fun of I, I'm I'm envious. I wish I wish my mother and father were alive that I could play cards with them. I do not that we were card players, but I think you get the gist of it. So I'm not mocking that. But, you know, it, it, sh- it shouldn't be lost on anyone who he pals around with. So so coming up next hour is when uh, Providence Police are going to provide an update on that Prudence Avenue uh, homicide. Coming up next hour, the Rhode Island State Police will not be providing an update on the Carbuncle Pond (laughs) homicide. (laughs) Because that happened back in December. I mean, it's just such a joke. What a dangerous time. Wow. This guy... Talk about the timing all wrong. All he cares about is making sure him and his cronies are safe. Folks, the Rhode Island State House, you know, we also learned yesterday the Biden administration, they're going to start cutting off the COVID funding. That's all coming to an end. Governor McKee and, and the Rhode Island State House, the amount of money they blow through, by the way, also on both sides of the aisle, I am an equal opportunity offender. Even I was taken aback by this. I've, I know Leanne Senek. She's a very nice person, Leanne Senek. Rhode Island's National Republican Committee woman, Leanne Senek. This was Kathy Gregg yesterday. She has a new job at the Rhode Island State House. $70,000 a job as Director of Communications for the Rhode Island Senate GOP. Now, nothing against Leanne. 70000 a year for the Rhode Island Senate GOP. There's five people. They're in session January through June. I fully get that these types of jobs exist on the other side, meaning the Democrats. But is this really necessary? Isn't that like a part-time job? There's no, no weekends. They're not in session on Friday. Aren't they really just up there like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, sometimes I guess on a Monday? 70 grand? They're not in session in the summertime? I, I, again, I get someone said me, you know, how dare you? She's, that's Rhode Island GOP. I, aren't, they, aren't there five? Unless I'm missing something, there's five Republicans in the state Senate. But I, I also want to be really clear. I have nothing against Leanne. I know. Here's what I'm supposed to say. Hey, good for her. Right? But there's so many of those jobs up there. They're just like the whole place up there is a feeding frenzy of money and jobs. All these people that have stayed jobs. As a result of that, there's no incentive to try to work with companies Governor Mickey had the press conference um, a short time ago. I think it was last week. And he, let me go to a number of people that communicate with me. Um, let me just find it. And it was, it was right on the money with um, 
Let me just find this. Governor McKee, yeah. Small business seeds access to capital. And this is Governor McKee. That's why my Rhode Island Ready Budget proposes an additional $2.6 million to the Small Business Assistance Program. Everything is government assisted in the state instead of making it more business friendly. See, there's no reason to have this. Small business assistance. Uh, my friend Bruce had sent that to me. If the state was more business friendly, you, you shouldn't have things like this because then they're in the situation and it becomes, who do you know? You know, so many times, as I, and I have said this in the past, you go into a restaurant and a, I'm just going to, you know, swordfish is $25. A steak is $23. Pork chops are 21 Chicken dish is 17 Whatever it is. Everybody's handed the same menu, right? That's what it's like to do business in a lot of other states. That's what it's like to do business in Florida. That's what it's like to do business in Tennessee. That's what it's like to do business in Texas. South Carolina, North Carolina. You go in. Everybody's handed the same menu. When you go into a restaurant, do you start saying, I see here that it says $25. What's the flexibility with the entrees? Now, in Rhode Island, there are no menus. No, you have someone. No, you got, you got to hire someone to help you negotiate how much the steak is going to be, how much the pork chop's going to be, how much the swordfish is going to be, how much the chicken's going to be. No, you have to hire a lobbyist. No, you got to hire a state rep. You have to hire an attorney. And then they work out the tax credits. And it's so backwards. Everything becomes a deal. Business people say, I just want to know how much it's going to cost. How would you feel if you're at a restaurant and you have four people and you ordered the swordfish? This person ordered the chicken. This person, the steak, blah, blah, blah. But your entrees were more expensive than the table next to you. And their entrees were more expensive than the table next to them. But then the people next to you, their their entrees were even more expensive than yours. That's because they didn't hire the right waiter. That there should be no, it's meddling is what it is. But McKee, the small business, so you go to them. And then they decide if they can help you. And then they decide how much you're going to get. And it just leads to more insider dealings. Oh, my God. Folks, right now at 1256, uh, this portion of the John DePietro Show. Hey, I want to remind you, if you're ever in an emergency or in a situation where, you know, you need urgent care, go to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston, and also 5750 Post Road East Greenwich at Med Urgent Care. Immunization, school and sports physicals, but most importantly, comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families. They have doctors, they have nurses, cost-efficient health care alternative to hospital-based emergencies at AtMed, AT Med, at Med Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnston, 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich. The most important benefit that I find is they'll see you much faster. Without fail. You know, every week, 
I receive emails from people that tell me they went in there because someone was injured at work. Something happened with a family member, child, whoever. Work-related injuries are big. Minor surgical, walk-in routine, urgent care. Saw them within 30 minutes. You go to the emergency room, good luck. Bring a pillow. You're going to be there a while. At Med Urgent Care, especially many emergency rooms now, they won't see people if you were in a vehicle accident. A lot of people like to, you know, I feel okay, but we were in an accident, and I'd like to just get checked out. The the emergency rooms won't do that. At Med Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston in the Atwood Medical Center and 5750 Post Road East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. It's at Med Urgent Care. Folks, good afternoon at 1258. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 909.9 FM. Now, coming up next hour, coming up, we are going to break for the 1 o'clock news. We have another full hour to go. Next hour is radio only. You can listen online at DePietro.com. Just click the Listen Live button. You can also, uh, obviously, AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I'm going to uh, get you more up to speed on the news today, but especially the latest now. On You have the murder in Woonsocket. You have the murder in Providence. Governor McKee, I think this is uh, such a reach. I don't understand any of this. None of the shootings are being done by legal gun owners. And yet it's another reach for him uh, with... I mean, the things that are his priorities, I, I just question. I don't think those are priorities for most people. So we're going to talk about that and more and continue to bring you the latest, folks. Again, it's the John DePietro Show. What We're going to uh, break for the 1 o'clock news. Now, I will have some sound on the uh, police briefing that's going on regarding the Providence shooting that happened. Homicide, first homicide of the year yesterday. And also, murder in Woodsocket. It's all ahead. The power hours next. Leave it right here on the John DePietro. WNRI Winsocket. W260DC. WNRI.